everybody. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining us, everybody online. Uh, my name's Dave, and, and I got two weeks left today, and then, of course, next Sunday. And it's got me thinking about all kinds of things, you know. Um, and, and in case you haven't heard me say, oh, thank you. What an amazing privilege it has been to pastor the greatest church on the planet. I, I've had the most tremendous set of experiences, and my heart is absolutely filled with gratitude. And uh, and somebody, you know, said to me this week, you know, we had a group of pastors at the chapter house. They're like, well, you know, how does it feel to be, you know, to be leaving? Did you ever think you'd leave us? No, never. Um, I feel like God's called us into this new season of ministry as, as being missionaries to pastors. And I can tell you that's that's absolutely uh, filling my heart with hope and dreams for the future, but, uh, but it sucks to not be your pastor anymore. I mean, I haven't even stopped being your pastor, and I'm already mad about it, you know. So just, but you, you got to do the things that the Lord's put in you to do. And, and now that I'm getting to the end, I've been reflecting about, uh, you know, all the last years and all the things that, that have really highlighted my experience at Westwinds. And um, I remember back our first Sunday, uh, my wife and I moved here. I was 28. She was not 28. And, uh, and we had a one-year-old son, Jacob, our son. He was 20 months old. And, and we were wanting to make a good impression, you know? Like, we're coming from this other place, and Canadians were real concerned about being polite. But, of course, I'm only half Canadian, so I only half care about you know, you're a pastor, you want people to think you're holy, you want them to go, oh, we're so, we're so happy that we hired this person, and so we take our family to church for the first time, and, and you know, we got our best smiles on, and we're wearing our, you know, our best pressed khaki pants, and got a little maple syrup cologne underneath, and just, you know, wanting to, wanting to make the right impression, and we take our son down to the children's ministry, and we're telling him, like, these are, this is going to be your new family. Like these, these workers in the children's ministry, they're going to love you. They're going to take care of you. And, and then we're, we're praying like crazy. Oh, God, please, please, please let these people be good to our son, you know, and let this be a safe and holy and healthy environment for him. And so we come up to the back area over here where the, you know, the, the little toddlers or preschoolers or whatever a one-year-old is, you know, are ready. And, and the, the lady who is looking after the kids that day, she gets down like on her haunches in front of them. And immediately I know this, this is a good lady. Like, I can trust my son with this woman. It's, she's got this grace about her and this way with kids. And she introduces herself to, her son, to my son. And, and she says, and we, we love you, Jacob. We are so happy you are with us. And he looks at her dead in the eye and he says, my dad hits me. <laughs> Which, I don't know why he said that. But if you ask him now, now it's true. No, I, I absolutely started hitting him from that day forward. I'm like, well, if you're already going to say it, I might as well enjoy it. And I, I thought, you know, today I, I would share some of the things over the last uh, few years that, that I think were implied in my ministry and in our, our ministry here at Westwinds. But maybe, maybe we didn't make them explicit enough, which I realize is ironic. Nobody ever wants me to be more explicit. But uh, today I thought we'd talk about laughter and the importance of laughter. Because I tell you what, there were some things to laugh about in those early days. Now, if you're getting nervous, like, hey, I know sometimes Dave uh, cuts a little close to the edge, then today is the right day to feel nervous about that. <laughs> if you're wondering, like, will he put a toe over the line? Just look at how I'm standing on the stage. I have all 10 toes over the line, but I promise you we'll keep it PG-13-ish. And um, it was funny because not, not too long after that, 
we, they, the church was trying to do all kinds of stuff to get young families together. And we were a young family, so we were trying to get in on all this young family stuff. You know, and so we wanted to go to whatever picnics there were or whatever young family gatherings there were. And we had this, this uh, family that was attending the church at the time, and their names were the, the Comdens. Uh, Tim and Colleen Comden, still good friends of ours. We see them around town all the time. And, and they would host big events at their, you know, at their, at their property, their little country property out there, and people come and pick apples and do all the Michigan sorts of things. And so we were thinking, well, this is a, this is a thing that we will attend. Because this is how we get ingratiated with other families at the church. And one of our pastors got up to announce it. And he said, tonight, we would like all the parents to bring their children to the condom farm. <laughs> and then we all realized that he just screwed up the letters in their name. And so we're mouthing back at him. No, no, Comden. And so he said it again. Yep, sorry, everybody. I got my tongue tied. Uh, anyway, come tonight to the condom farm. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> and I was like, where? Like, we don't have those in Canada. We don't have condom farms. <sighs> but if we did, the government would pay for them, which is exciting. <laughs> it was just, it was, a, it was one of the funny moments where I realized, like, this is not like any of the other churches where I've worked before. Like, even the fact that that could happen, and everybody just laughed. Like, we were crying. We were laughing so hard. Nobody got mad. No, nobody wrote nasty letters. No, nobody pursed their lips and grabbed their, their uh, clutch and, you know, sort of duck walked their way out the door. It just wasn't, just wasn't that kind of place. It was a place where you, you had to keep your head on a swivel because there was always something a little weird and uh, certainly not churchy. There was just something weird that was going to happen at West Winds. And for years and years and years, I shared an office with my co-pastor, John Bowles, who you saw in this video. I uh, got with the long, sort of dirty Santa Claus beard and John used to play tricks on all of our volunteers and uh, we have volunteers at the church that clean all the bathrooms and empty out all the trashes and there's a little bathroom in our office and one of John's favorite jokes was to hear the cleaning ladies coming down the hall and then he'd go sit on the toilet you know like with his pants pulled up and then leave the door ajar so sure enough, you'd get, you know, little old ladies come and think that they were going to serve the Lord by scrubbing the, the restroom. And then they'd open up and see John reading a magazine. And one lady burst into tears and ran out the room. <laughs> and so John had to chase after her. But she still thinks he was using the bathroom. You know, so she get away from me. What are you doing? Was, you just don't have that at other churches. Like, like if you went to Catholic church today, you ever think that one of the priests would have his matrix robe up around? You know, it's just not it's different here. But I think that stuff is important. Those shared memories, those moments, because laughter connects us. Laughter brings us together. Like When you have a great experience with somebody, all the things that make you different, they matter a whole lot less than the thing that unifies you. Kevin and I, Kevin, our guitar player here, thanks for his great words on, on the screen. You know, We went to a, a conference with a couple other staff people years ago in New York City, and the other staff people had to go home a, a different way, so Kevin and I drove home together from Manhattan back to Jackson, and we laughed ourselves sick. We just had the best time, and we went from being friends to being great friends, largely because somewhere in the middle of the states that don't matter, you know, up in the top part, you know, in, in sort of like Canada's belt, 
We stopped. We, like, we looked up Yelp to go find some place to get a good meal. And we went to this diner in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and we stood in line for like 45 minutes. And as we were standing in line, like all the locals start talking to us because we're like an attraction, you know. We're aliens. We're foreigners. And this one guy really liked Kevin. Like he just really enjoyed Kevin's company. And then he began touching Kevin. Now, bear in mind, there's like, there's a lot of people around. Like, that's not, it's not like we were private. No, it's, it's if you're mashed up against people. So you can't, you can't really escape. And, and it was uncomfortable, you know, and, and I'm giggling and, and Kev's giggling and, and it's just sort of weird. And then we realized the guy doesn't have a hand. And he's touching Kevin with a prosthetic. And so as it all happens, you know, he's stroking Kevin's arm. And Kevin goes, whoa, <laughs> easy there, Captain Hook. I don't know what's going on here. But <laughs> and, and then we both got embarrassed. And, and oh, my gosh, we laughed. Oh. You know, you need that, man. You need that. Because not all of our experiences over the last couple decades are positive. I don't mean between Kevin and I. Our experiences together are very positive. But, but he's had some hard times, and I've had some hard times. And when you're going through it, man, you, you realize, like, laughter is the thing God gives us to help us through the sadness. It's the counterbalance to pain. And too many, quote-unquote, holy people, righteous people, get so concerned with the appearance of piety that they miss out on the joy of being alive. you got to learn to laugh, to take the good moments that come to you and really give yourself over to them fully because, because you and I have to embody the good news that we're inviting other people to enjoy. And the best way to do that is with, is with laughter, is with cutting up and having a good time. Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart makes glad medicine. Laughter is the best medicine out there. Listen and participate in funny conversations. Find ways not to, um, not to suppress other people or humiliate them, but to enjoy them and enjoy all the, the goofy things that go along with being friends. You know, because we, we got funny moments and funny memories and funny opportunities. And, and if I don't share more of them, mostly it's to, I was going to say protect your reputation, but who am I kidding? It's really to protect myself. <laughs> Job chapter 8, verse 21 Job, who's going through the worst time in his life, is promised by God that once again, God will fill his mouth with light and his lips with laughter. What a great promise, right? And you, and you, you, can, you can see that in, in so many people right now, what they have coming out of their mouth is not light. It's, it's darkness. It's gloom. It's toxicity. It's poison. And so what a sweet promise from God that, that he's going to let you be happy again. To rejoice and be happy. Do you know that laughter reduces stress and hypertension and bodily pain and increases your ability to sleep, your respiratory health, and weight loss? Like, if you want to be healthy and happy, laugh. Laugh. Yeah, laugh right now? That's fantastic. Can, can you? Yeah. yeah. I'm a little afraid of inviting people to fake laugh because that's terrifying. But yeah, you go ahead. You try that sometime. 
Now, I, I confess that over the years, I, I um, created my own ability to pull a few pranks once in a while. You know, um, uh, Melissa, who's our designer here, Melissa, I've been standing there at the back. Uh, she's been on staff here for about 400 years, and uh, when I f- first got here, she was a, a part-time employee. She worked with our children's ministry. She made, like, all the handouts that we give to kids in, in Sunday school classes and stuff like that. And then about 10 years ago, her job changed, and she came to work for me directly. And, um, and that's when she started doing all the amazing set design that we have and all the great signage and all the different promotions and stuff that you see around the church. Um, and Melissa and I are really good friends, but a lot of people don't know that at the beginning we were not good friends. Because she was worshiping the devil and could not appreciate the gift God had brought to our church. No, we, we, were, we were slow to get started. That's always a surprise to people. But, but we had a few bumps at, at the beginning and didn't see eye to eye and a few things. And, and so one day I thought, I'm going to play a joke. <laughs> and it was the beginning of Melissa's work with tools and construction materials. Prior to that, she'd only been working with, you know, computers and whatnot. And so now in her role as set designer and, 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 and uh, aesthetics designer, she was going to have to make a lot more trips to Lowe's, learn all kinds of stuff about, you know, plywood and drywall and cheap building materials and reduce, reuse, recycle, and all that good stuff. And so she was making a shopping list for one of the aesthetics, and she had to go to the hardware store. And I said, make sure when you go that you get a dully thumper. And she's like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, a dolly thumper. Yeah, just ask at the help desk, and they'll tell you what it is. Well, in case you are unfamiliar with the term, there's no such thing. And I was setting Melissa up to go to the help desk as an innocent blonde girl talking to who was likely an elderly man who'd been in the trades for a long time and ask an absolutely ridiculous question. So that's what happened, and it was delicious. (laughs) I forgot about it. She leaves work, she goes to the store, and I forgot that I had set her up to be completely humiliated. And lo and behold, God was good. (laughs) And she gets there, and she asks for a dolly thumper, and the guy says, a what? A dolly thumper. And he goes, what, what does it do? She goes, I don't know. You need it for, like, drywall. He goes, who told you to get one? She goes, my boss. And he burst out laughing. <laughs> At which point I got a very unchristian phone call. Um, and a friend. Really, that's it. So if you don't have any friends, um, humiliate your coworkers, and I think you'll be well on your way. <laughs> There's been all kinds of funny and humiliating experiences. Um, usually while preaching. Like, I, I think God avenged Melissa the following Sunday because, like, I was carrying a few extra pounds. I was not feeling real healthy. And so I'd, I'd started wearing suspenders, which I didn't know anything then about suspenders. I'd never been um, rotund before. I'd never needed help holding up my pants. But I was like, man, I'm standing in front of all these people. My pants are falling down. My paunch is hanging out. I, I got to do something. And so I'm Googling, what do fat men do to keep their pants up? And lo and behold, the Lord has given us suspenders. So I buy some. And they're the kind with the little plastic alligator clips on them, you know? So I'm up here preaching. I got my suspenders on. But I didn't, again, I didn't didn't really know how to use suspenders. I didn't know that you even had to know. I just thought you could put them on and your pants would stay up. Well, that's mostly true, but they have adjustable, like, I don't know what you call them. Like, they they can, they're adjustable. Well, I didn't adjust mine. And so there was about 1,800 pounds of pressure keeping my pants up. So while I'm preaching, one of them snapped and split my lip. It went right up through my clothes and hit me in the face. I got a bloody lip. And I had to finish my sermon bleeding from my pants. That was how the Lord chose to humiliate me that day. And 
Another great preaching humiliation was the day I learned that I had misunderstood the term Netflix and chill. I'd been hearing it a lot, and I thought it meant that people would start watching a show on Netflix, and they'd spend like hours and hours and hours watching TV, and they would just waste their life away. So I made the unenviable mistake of not only saying, but publishing in The Adventure of Happiness this statement, perhaps the most insidious feature of the Netflix and chill movement is the way it drains people of life. Yes? <laughs> and you know how I found out that I misunderstood the term? It's not because I stumbled across an article. No, it's because I started reading the comments on the Westwind's Facebook page where the internet was so happy to let me know that that's not what that means. <laughs> Which is good. It's good to have yourself be taken down a notch every now and then. Because if you take yourself too seriously, um, you're in trouble. You're in real trouble. I'm imagining that some of you might not know what Netflix and chill means. So I'm really excited for when you go home and Google it. And then subscribe to Netflix. <laughs> I cherish these moments and these memories, and many more besides. I mean, laughing with Dave and Deb at the chapter house, you know, playing golf with Craig, playing golf with Andy, and watching Joel fall flat on his face in a puddle. I mean, all the moments that are, well, they're, not, they're just not very spiritual. If you define spiritual as something limited to praying or reading the Bible. But laughter comes from God. He gave you the ability to enjoy life. You think Jesus laughed? How can somebody being accused of drunkenness and gluttony not ever laugh and have a good time? Remember what uh, they said about John the Baptist? You know, Jesus' opponents criticized John the Baptist for being too severe, and then they criticized Jesus for being too Silly. Why do you think they did that? You think it was because Jesus was angry all the time? No. A lot of Christians I know are way holier than Jesus ever was. And way less human. What a tragedy. Today I thought we'd just remind one another that when we laugh, when we enjoy life, when we enjoy one another's company, when we remember these funny moments and memories and we anticipate more in the future, that's not a departure from Christian spirituality. That's a manifestation of it. That's how God wants it to be. Laughter comes from God. You and I, we realize that all the funny moments we have, they, they happen in context of, of our relationships. Because that's our, our real belongings, not our possessions but each other. That's where we learn what it means to be part of the family of God. What it learns to be people of life and life more abundant. And I always get a crack out of it when, um, you know, people try and be real serious around me. Hi, Pastor Dave. Hi, Reverend Dr. David Michael McDonald. I'm so glad that you're here. And I just, I just want to whack them, you know, just like maybe right in the Adam's apple if they have one, or maybe I hit them hard enough that they'll grow one if they don't. I mean, I just want to, like, knock it off, man. Don't put on airs. 
No, no, be, be real with one another. Enjoy one another. Love one another. Commit to one another. Because this life and the people in it, man, this, this is what we got. This is what we got. And wouldn't it be a shame to get to the end of your life and go, oh, I passionately pursued justice and was miserable every moment of it. I worked so hard for racial reconciliation and I never once made a friend. Oh, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed while other people were out there having fun and going to parties. You know, like Jesus. No, friends, we, we don't want to miss out on the good times. We want to thank God for the good times and recognize that there was a reason that most of Jesus' parables had to do with weddings, parties, festivals. There's a reason that his first miracle was turning water into wine like hundreds of gallons of wine eight days into a wedding reception. You don't think he cracked a few jokes during that time? You don't think he pulled out the old, uh, what did Moses say to Elijah when they were playing golf? You don't think he knew any of those? I mean, come on. No, man. I'm not the first to say it, but I'll happily repeat it. Laughter may not add years to your life, but it will add life to your years. And I hate, I hate, I hate those little sing-songy phrases, except that for the last 17 years I've been making my livelihood coming up with little sing-songy phrases. But I'm a little sad that nobody ever sang them. I thought the songs were quite good, you know. Proverbs 31 talks about the uh, woman of noble character. You familiar with the Proverbs 31 woman? Over and over and over again, she is cited as the, the, the biblical apex of femininity, nobility, and grace. Christian women are cultured to look to the Proverbs 31 woman as the ultimate aim and goal of their life. Proverbs 31, 25, one of the most famous pieces of that poem is highlighted. Look at her. She is clothed in strength and dignity. Such beautiful words. Such great writing. Timeless. You see it on Hallmark cards. You see it on t-shirts. You see it on bumper stickers. You see people uh, memeing it. Because it's such, a, it's such a proud image. It's such a godly image. We want strong women. We don't want women walking around with their head cast down. We don't want them stooped under the pressure of their belligerent husbands or their, their damning society. No, we want strong women. We're raising strong women here. We celebrate strong women here. And women with, with dignity and bearing. You know, d dignity means she knows what she's worth. No boy has taken that away from her. No father has taken that away from her. Her life experiences won't rob her of that. No, no, she's clothed in strength and dignity. But that, that's only half the verse. And the other half of the verse is equally as powerful. She's clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. How good is that? That God has given her with strength and dignity, fearless joy. Now, I bet if you could rewind the clock a couple years, You'd have been praying for more fearless joy. Like if you'd known what the pandemic would hold, you'd go, oh God, give me the ability to laugh 
even though the future's terrifying. And now maybe you had that. I mean, maybe you were one of the ones that came through the pandemic with flying colors, you know, but, but I bet you knew somebody else who couldn't, who couldn't laugh, who couldn't leave the house, who couldn't talk to anybody, who couldn't do anything because they were so scared that all the joy fell out their mouth. The good news of the gospel of God is that he renews your joy every morning. That it's the joy of the Lord that is in your strength. And when God is inside of you, when God is with you, who can be against you? Man, we need to reclaim that promise and understand that laughter is a manifestation of grace. Now, I do like to give some tips and tricks. I like to be practical. You know, no fun just getting up here and being a theologian all the time or telling some, some silly stories. No, you gotta, you got to give people some, some TED Talks, you know, some BuzzFeed articles, 17 tips to have the most beautiful biblical smile imaginable, you know, that kind of thing. So here's my absolute best advice for reclaiming your joy and learning how to laugh again. Get a mirror. <laughs> get a mirror and look in it, you ugly son of a gun. You strange, misshapen Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> not, not because you're actually physically unattractive, but just don't take yourself so seriously all the time. Realize you're going to make some mistakes. Like today, you're going to make some mistakes. You're just not going to do it right all the time. You're not going to get it perfect all the time. That's okay. There was one perfect man, and it's not you. Have a little grace for yourself. Enjoy your foibles. That doesn't mean that you got to aggressively go out there and make more. But enjoy the fact that you are permitted to live imperfectly and that God loves you anyway. His love is all over you. I'm a, a collector of strange objects and artifacts from all my many travels. And not one of them is expensive. And not one of them is fancy. All of them are strange and misshapen, halfway broken. And, but the, the thing that is attractive to me about them is the history they have. The story behind them, where they come from. And I like to imagine that in God's house, you are his artifacts, his treasured possessions, somebody smart once said. And that when God looks at you, He's not sad about your former brokenness that has been repaired. No, that's gorgeous. It means you've got a story worth telling. Now, you look at yourself and you go, oh, I'm chipped here, I'm cracked there, I've been bumped and broken, I'm lopsided and uneven. But don't you know God looks at you and goes, look at her. A few chips, a few cracks, a little lopsided, been broken, and she's mine. She's all mine. Let me tell you about her. Because she's pretty cool. See, when you take a step back from all the intensity and the severity, the fear and, and the piety, the judgment and the concern, and you just, you just look at life the way God must look at it, you can go, oh, this is pretty great. This is pretty great. And God is pretty good. And then maybe you guys can chuckle about it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you.
for the ways in which you enjoy us, the ways in which you celebrate us, the ways in which you put us together and put us in funny circumstances so that then we can laugh about it. We can tell stories about it. We remember it. And as we do all that, Lord, we get, we get healthier. We get happier. We get holier. We are knitted together, formed into a community of faith, the people of God. And so we want to thank you, God, for being gracious enough to allow us to be human and for being human enough to give us the gift of your grace. We love you. We bless you. Amen.